So this episode is sponsored by Big Life Journal. If you have tweens or teens, this one is for you. This is a tricky age when kids are facing lots of uncertainty and anxiety that come with transitioning into adulthood. And boy, do they need guidance and help. Big Life Journal released their new journal for tweens and teens ages 12 to 14, and it's now available on Kickstarter. It's an illustrated and guided journal which helps teens to discover the power of their mindset, learn how to establish goals, and strengthen their persistence to make those goals a reality. This journal cultivates the drive, the decision-making, and the skill sets necessary to take control of their own lives. Teens learn how to discover themselves and their interests more deeply, use their unique gifts, and transform our world. The journal is an excellent resource for your homeschool and can be used as part of the morning reflection or social-emotional learning curriculum. It also comes with a well-written teacher guide. The Big Life Journal Teen Edition is available now on Kickstarter with a special early bird discount. Head over to biglifejournal.com slash pages slash four hyphen teens hyphen adults. And we'll also make sure that that link is over in our show notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com. and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara. And we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm excited because I think we have a really good question today that we can dive into. We have the best questions. Yeah, we really do. And keep them coming, sisters. You can go over to thehomeschoolsisters.com and click on Ask Us a Question. And we love to hear from you. And today's is no exception. We're going to talk about scheduling and pacing a little bit. So I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Um, Before we do... We're going to have a quick break for a sponsor, and then we'll be right back. So our sponsor today is Epic, and Epic is the leading digital library for kids 12 and under. Epic has more than 25,000 high-quality, popular children's books, videos, quizzes, and more. So we've both been lucky enough to test out Epic with our kids, and what has been really great is that it's packed with books that they want to read, you know, the ones that they're pulling off the shelves in the library and you're seeing in bookstores right now. It's got so many current books. Epic has a lot of popular books that you would see when you're looking online or when you're in the library or the bookstore. And my kids really love it. Some of the current titles that they have are Where the Wild Things Are, A Wrinkle in Time, Big Nate, Ramona, Sesame Street, and National Geographic Kids, which is a big hit for my 10-year-old. Yeah, and you know what's nice is that you can look up a topic and then you'll find tons of books related to that topic. So it's basically like it's perfect for unit studies or for a kid who's got a new interest and wants to dive deep. And it's one of those things where it's a screen that you have zero worries about because your kids are just learning and there's no commercials and there's no in-app purchase concerns. You're just safe and your kids are reading books. It's just $7.99 a month and you can cancel anytime, but I don't think you'll want to because you'll find your kids are really enjoying it and they're discovering all kinds of great books and it's all right there at their fingertips. It's so handy. 
And Epic has a lot of really great parent features. One of the things I like is that they have a digital reading lock and that's perfect for homeschoolers. So you can actually keep track of all those books your kids are reading online. So Epic has thousands of audiobooks too and um, read to me books. So if your child is learning to read or just trying to get fluent with reading, it's the perfect fit. With Epic, parents can create up to four customizable child profiles per account. And you can also create personalized collections for your children to use through the parent dashboard. So to get Epic for two months absolutely free, go to getepic.com and use the code SISTERS at checkout. Today's question is from Kristen, and Kristen writes, Hello, finding your podcast this year has been a godsend. I can't tell you how many questions you've answered and how many laughs I've shared. You two are amazing and such an inspiration. That's so nice. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, I've gotten so many good ideas from listening. Thank you. My question currently consuming me is about planning and pacing. I think I've mostly selected the sources I want to use for our homeschool. But not having a formal teaching background, I don't know how to pace the topics. I want to do as much joint learning as we can between our nine and five-year-old while recognizing that the goals and outcomes for each should be based on their skill level. I'm not trying to recreate a school schedule or discipline at home, but structure and routine are what I'm striving for, as well as making sure I'm not moving too fast or slow. Any advice? Thank you. It's a great question. It is. I think that's something a lot of us wonder about, especially when you first start homeschooling and you're thinking to yourself, I'm in charge of all of this. I have to teach all of it. Right. It's such a responsibility. And like she said, you know, one of the things that they cover when you go to school to become a teacher is how to plan out your day and your subjects and all that kind of stuff. And we sort of are making it up a little bit um, as we go along, a lot of us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it can be, it can be hard to know. Um, (laughs) But I think that when she talks about joint learning, the first thing that popped into my head is morning time. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yes. And of course, Pam, Pam Barnhill, who we've had on the podcast is our morning time guru. And mm-hmm. she has even written the book on the subject better together. Um, and I think she would just be a wonderful resource to talk about um, how to implement morning time in your home and how to make it enjoyable. And I love how she writes about, you know, making it the favorite part of your day um, and she's just got tons of information resources over at her site, pambarnhill.com. So I think that's going to be like a treasure trove of information. Definitely. Um, yeah. Fun rabbit hole. Yes. And also just reading, and that this ties into morning time, is reading aloud when you have, because I have three children that are very close in age, and I find that when I'm trying to cover a certain topic, reading, finding good books that we can read aloud together is huge. And then whatever projects you do as an offshoot of that, you can modify it for each child and their, you know, grade level or skill level. Totally. Yeah. Hearing you say that, it reminds me of the Charlotte Mason concept of spreading the feast. You know, you, mm-hmm. your job is to spread the feast and then each child takes from that what they are ready for. And so you can read the same read aloud to a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, and maybe the nine-year-old is going to pick up on some different things than the five-year-old, but then if you take some time to talk about it, you're sort of integrating all that and getting everybody's thoughts and opinions, and 
you know, just being able to chat with them and share that experience. And then you're also getting all those wonderful benefits of connecting through a story. So Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Those big juicy conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Reading aloud, I think would be ideal for this mom. I think it's also important to remember that you don't have to learn it all immediately. You know, you can build a foundation and talk about something and learn about something and then go off to something else. You can always circle back if you think you covered something and you learn through conversation six months, two years down the road that your child doesn't understand that, just add it in. And, you know, certain kids learn things at certain windows better than others. And there's no, there's no script that you have to follow. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of us tend to think of education as like a straight line, you know, that you're going to start here and you're going to end here. But really, it's kind of more of like this spiraling, um, mm-hmm. you know, where you, you do, you keep coming back to things. Um, and you don't have to worry about when your kids are young covering everything because with most topics, you do end up looping back around and looping back around. Um and just, you know, in building. And then if you study ancient history, you know, for example, when your kids are in first grade and then, you know, you do it again when your kid is in seventh grade, you know, they're going to pick up new and different things and they're going to remember some of that and hold on to it. But then other stuff um, is going to be new and exciting. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself to try to get too much done, you know, in your first school year. And then the other thing is too, like, I think she's already so far ahead in knowing that she doesn't have to create a school schedule at home, Mm -hmm. you know, try to recreate that. You know, part of the reason that teachers need to do that is because they're teaching 25 or 30 kids. And it's really important to have a really solid structure because, if you don't, 25 or 30 kids could band together and your day becomes chaos really quickly. <laughs> so, you know, when it's a mom at home with her two kids, yeah, we don't have to put that same pressure on ourselves to um, create a school schedule. And so she's already, you know, a step ahead of the game because I think a lot of us feel like that when, you know, when we're starting out, like, okay, it has to look like math is from 10 to 10.25 and then spelling is from 10.25 to 10.40 or whatever. And really, I don't know anybody who has a schedule that exact that's homeschooling. Do you? No, no. <laughs> we just wouldn't be able to do it. Um, I, th- I think like whenever I start to get overwhelmed by what we need to do or what I think we need to do. I try to tell myself that the goal of homeschooling and one of the joys of homeschooling is that you can follow your children's leads. You can do what you want to learn about and that the goal is to try to make learning as enjoyable and, you know, staying connected as much as you can and to preserve that love of learning that all children have and if you do that, then, you know, down the road, because we all have gaps, I, I see, I'm aware of my gaps all the time as I'm teaching my kids and I'm trying to figure out how you multiply fractions, you know, is that the way I do it? Or, you know, you go back and you Google and you reread things that you have sort of, you know, they're lost in your brain somewhere The the thing we want to teach our children is to love learning and to know where to find things when they need to find something. 
so that, you know, if you are covering ancient Egypt and your child, for whatever reason, doesn't retain any of it right now, but then down the road gets interested, they'll know where to look to learn about it themselves. Yeah, for sure. Focusing more on the process than, than the outcome. And I'm sort of biased toward interest-led learning as well, just because I've seen such wonderful results in our home through doing that. So I feel like kids learn easiest, learn most easily. And I feel like they're most engaged and excited about learning when they're learning things that they're passionate about and they're interested in. And so that really takes care of the idea of planning and pacing a little bit because you're following their lead. Um, And I know not everybody's there with us, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but even if you could incorporate a little bit of that into your days, I think it helps to take care of it a lot because I've written, I've been writing a lot lately about like our kids' passions and stuff. And I have, I don't know if it's going to be up. I have a post coming up at Raising Lifelong Learners about passions and about how we need to let our kids set the pace for their passions and like when they're... But when they're ready to let go, we need to let go with them. So, um, you know, I think that that's something too to consider is just working in some of that. And if you're doing, you know, some interest-led learning along with morning time, along with reading aloud for a nine and a five-year-old, that is an awesome education every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Definitely. they would get so much out of that. I mean you're covering a lot of bases. And I know we say it, we've said it, I feel like recently in a few different episodes, but um, sometimes it's easiest if you write down what you did each day versus planning and you can kind of see all that you did accomplish, whether or not it was what you set out to do that day. And this week, um, I hope she pinned it on Instagram or saved it somewhere, but Julie Bogart was doing a poll on her Instagram, asking people if they plan ahead or if they plan behind, if you're more of a type A planner or a type B planner. And it turns out that most of the people that were following Julie were type B planners. And there was all sorts of uh, followers sharing how they record what they do each day or each week or each year. And it was really interesting to see that we're not the only ones that do that. There's a lot of people that aren't planning the whole year in advance. Oh, I love that. That sounds like a good resource. And I I just saw her say something, I think, in, sto- in her Instagram stories. Like, looks like most of us are plan behinders instead of plan yeah. headers. And I thought, I wonder if that's what that means because I had missed the original post. So, oh, it was so yeah, good. I like that, that we're plan behinders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely am. <laughs> I will gladly embrace that moniker because... Um, you know, for our family, that's that's been what has has worked for like eleven years now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I think you know this mom sounds like she's really she's she's gonna be just fine. She's got it figured out. You know, she doesn't need to recreate a school schedule at home, and um, you know, she's looking for structure and routine, which is really important when you have little kids to have something in place because otherwise, you know, it can get a little bit out of hand really quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, just really like kind of following her instincts and um, following her kids lead a little bit where she can. And then Pam Barnhill and 
read aloud revival, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Those would be two great resources for you, I think. Definitely. All right. So we will have show notes for this episode over at thehomeschoolsisters.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. Yeah. So it's been good talking with you today, Kate. Great talking to you, Kara. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister.